0: At law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered to be especially demanding. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are part of an elite squad known as Allens. These are
1: their stories. Rose, you know how excited I have been to say this sentence out
0: loud, but we have been picked up for season two, so
1: welcome to season two of
0: Allens Confidential. Going to be a fantastic series of guests and some pretty entertaining, hopefully insightful conversations that we have in store for you this season. Maybe some light banter at Rose's expense. Definitely some of that.
1: <laughs> this episode, we are joined by Sir Ratu from our employment and safety team and Rhiannon Zanatic from our tax team. This is your guide to a life in corporate law. I'm Geneva Secular, joining my co-host, Rosanna Bricknell, and this is Alan's, Alan's Confidential.
0: Confidential. Would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your stories?
2: It's Kelly, Why don't you go first? <laughs> sure. Uh, thank you, Rosanna and Geneva. I am a managing associate in the Employment and Safety team at Allens in Sydney. It's part of the Litigation and Disputes Practice Group, and I've actually been there in that practice group effectively all my time here at Allens. I've been here now for eleven years, and I started here as a summer clerk, and I've enjoyed every moment of my career here.
0: Especially the ones where you got to work with me and Rhiannon last especially, year.
2: Especially, especially those no, times. No,
0: especially when you got to be on a podcast, which is super <laughs> exciting and fun.
2: This is probably the highlight.
0: <laughs> it's all downhill from here. We did actually find out this morning that the last people to use these microphones were was Rita Ora, so that was huge Basically to us. Kelly didn't know who that was. Yeah, it was <laughs> huge to the rest of us though.
3: And how about you, Ray? So I didn't clerk at Allens. I actually um, did post-grad law, so I was working full-time at another firm. Um, Then I went to the court when I finished law and Allens had a grad opening, um, which I was very excited about. And then the next year I ended up here. Um, I was in litigation last year and in tax this year. So the one
1: question that we make sure we ask everyone when we kick off, do either of you have any favourite podcasts that you'd like to talk about on this podcast?
3: Yes, it's it's (laughs) so quick (laughs) yes i do (laughs) serial i long for the day i get to discuss this podcast because i love it so much why haven't
1: we talked about this more i
3: don't know but it's fantastic (laughs) and everyone has to listen to it have you heard of undisclosed no it is the follow-up to serial by lawyers Ah. so they analyze the evidence from like an actual this never should have made it through a courtroom sort of perspective and it's it is fantastic. Should Recommend.
1: pause this now while we all just go and listen to it and then we can return <laughs> we can and discuss it? <laughs> <after>. <laughs> oh, we my God. I am start downloading it now. Yeah, actually. undisclosed. Seriously. Yeah. Why haven't we talked? Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> but let's, let's pick this up later. Yeah. <laughs> now, about you, Sir Kelly? Do you have a favourite podcast?
2: I have lots of podcasts I listen to and – a number of favourites. I cycle through my favourites from time to time. And right at this very minute, my favourite podcast is A Secret History of the Future, which is co-produced by Slate and The Economist. And it looks at technological developments through the lens of a historical perspective. So it tries to find parallels in modern technological developments in history. So, for example a recent podcast dealt with Infinite Scroll and how that is to us sometimes quite concerning because it feels like there's just so much information out there on the internet and on social media and actually draws a comparison to when printing books was first introduced and developed. And I like it because it reminds you that actually people have gone through things in the past and drawn lessons and learnings and that sometimes the best way to innovate and to think about the present is to actually turn your mind back and look at how people dealt with things in the past. So that's my current favourite.
1: Another that one was much mm-hmm. better than my
2: answer. No. no.
1: <laughs> Both are valid in different ways. <laughs> yes. True crime. Learning. Yes. <laughs> All good things. Um, and we kind of touched on it briefly in our little introductory moments, but- I think it'd be really great to talk about how you both came to be working in the law and how you both came to be at Allen's, the different paths that you've taken to get here. So maybe, Sir Kelly, we could start with you. And you've clerked at Allen's. So what was your journey to law and to Allen's like?
2: Sure. I never knew any lawyers as a child growing up. No one in my family did law. I went to a government comprehensive high school where academic achievement wasn't a big thing and not many people went to university. I was one of a very, very small number of people from my high school who went to university. I went to do law. A friend of mine went to do medicine, but that was sort of it. Uh, I went to the University of Sydney, did arts and law. I really enjoyed my arts degree and I did history as my major and some German
0: I German too. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I remember that. Um, I did an honours year in American history, in particular on American immigration policy during the Holocaust. I spent some time in the United States doing research for that as well. And I'd always wanted to be a lawyer. I don't know why. I think at first there was an infatuation with things like Rumpel of the Bailey and those sorts of legal shows that then developed actually into a genuine interest for the law and I always had that as an ultimate goal. I flirted very temporarily with the idea of becoming a history academic but then abandoned that idea fairly quickly when I realised that actually you you can get a lot of the same enjoyment out of the law and I was in fourth year at the law school and came around to clerkship time and that was my first time seeing inside firms and I saw a number of firms during that process interviewed at a lot of places. and Alan's just always resonated very well with me. Everyone I met here. I enjoyed the number of partners that I got to meet. I really enjoyed the people who interviewed me I thought were a very interesting mix, a great diversity of people. And so I decided to come here as a clerk and I've never looked back.
3: Great.
1: How
0: about you, Ray?
3: Mine is probably less conventional. I left school and wanted to be a film
0: producer.
1: I so mean, I, hey, what's wrong with the,
0: <laughs> you looking really into well a burdening, burgeoning media career? Because ultimately, I mean, you're here now. I am. What if Alan's Confidential then morphed into a film production as well? Well,
3: I did then go into journalism, so this is somewhere in between the two. Yeah. I was destined Okay, to let's be. keep that up
0: here.
3: <laughs> Possible yeah. movie Possible sequel movie. to podcast. <laughs> yes.
0: I, you know. Aim high
1: on Netflix deal. I'm, I have actually looked up before, like, how do you get scripts signed with Netflix?
3: <laughs> you need an agent. It's the whole thing. Oh.
1: <laughs> but please go on.
3: Well, so I started, I did a year of a um, digital sort of design degree, which I did not enjoy. I then moved into journalism um, and I loved that. I loved the study of that, I should say. Um, but in my last year of um, doing journalism I worked full time as like a baby journo and I was just by chance writing about Admiralty, so sea law, and I was obsessed with it. And my editor found that really strange. And <laughs> and I, I knew there was something wrong. I was like, this is far more interesting to me than my actual my actual job. Um, and then I started doing media law as part of my comms degree, which was at the same time also strange. I was like, Okay, this there's definitely something going on here. I love this. Got to the end of media law, um, applied for the JD, um, and then again by chance, I had to go along with my editor to interview Justice Rares of the Federal Court about Admiralty, and I was in his chambers and just went, "What? Well, well, yeah, yeah this, this is, it. is it. This is it. I mean, not I'm going to be a judge, but this <laughs> is this is this is it, is it. Yeah." And um, that, I think that week I got accepted and I started law the very next year. Um, but I was living out of home so I worked full-time in law firms as legal support for a couple of years and then paralegaled full-time for a few years um, and then – so that was a bit rough and then <laughs> finished law school, went to the court and then ended up here. So right. Yeah, I
1: different. love that. You were just like, "Oh, sea law is really
3: cool. Sea yeah. law is great." So now it I'm actually, actually starting really a <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Well, in media law, the oh, media law was, the, yep. yeah, yeah, that was okay. I've loved it in two areas now. The gateway it's the law. process, I think it's the it was the thinking process that I loved, and then obviously you learn a lot more as you actually study it. But yeah. it was the the nature of what you do in it that I went, "Okay, wrong.
2: I'm in the wrong job." Did media law was that a lot of defamation as yeah. well as ownership stuff?
3: Pretty much, largely defamation, just from the journalist perspective. Like, what just, not to do? Yeah, knowing how to deal with these issues as a non-lawyer. Yeah. So it was a great intro for me into what it would be like to actually be a lawyer, without being one. I
1: yeah. think this is a good segue. Mm. Well, for a confession, when <laughs> when Rose and I were thinking the best about way that this a episode, could possibly ever start, and um, you two as guests, we kind of thought, oh, this would be a really good like law nerds episode because, (laughs) and it sounds mean, but I think when I explain it, it's not as mean, Um, you know, because you're two people here at Allen's who particularly you you love the law and the process of learning and thinking in those kind of frames. And so I think it would be really great to talk about, you know, what do you love about being a lawyer and why is it that you want to work at a law firm rather than doing something else like working as a, a history professor or something like that?
2: I love a lot of things about being a lawyer, about being a solicitor in particular. One of them is that you engage with lots of different intricate problems all the time. And the way you solve those problems can give you a real sense of achievement and of um, enjoyment in your work, but also you can see, because you're much closer to clients than, say, barristers are, you can see the effects of the advice that you have given over time, of the decisions that you've helped clients come to over time actually playing out in the real world. And I really love that aspect of it, the academic, intricate side of trying to come up with the answer, but then also getting to see it put into practice, which is not something that you get in many other types of law jobs, and certainly I don't think you get in other careers. Uh, Certainly you don't get it at the bar, I don't think, as much because you're a bit further removed from the clients, and you don't necessarily get the same opportunities in-house or in other legal roles to engage with the same variety of legal issues.
3: Um, For me, probably the main reason I asked to go to TAX and have loved being in TAX, it's really technical. heaps of legislative interpretation, reading cases. I love case law. I know that's a real nerdy thing to say, but I love case that's, law. That's
0: why we wanted you for the Lawyer <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah,
3: I really enjoy it um, That's because that's what I loved about law school. So I think, to me, working in a litigious role or, or in tax most emulates that experience for me, was at uni what I liked was actually engaging with why did that decision come about. I find that thought process fascinating and there. That incredible ability to sort of distill those things. I enjoy that, and that in my what I've seen so far, that's what I feel I do in these roles more so than maybe more commercial focused roles. I feel like I've really been on the law here, which, as a big law nerd, is what I like. Um, in in nice. tax and in, in tax and litigation, I found that, that that closeness to that technical skill I've been able to use here, which I, I mean, I suspect is not necessarily always the case in. The, other roles which might have other focuses or more project management or something else. But I found here I've really been able to.
0: Well, particularly do a lot of given that. that by nature of our role in a firm like this, the only problems that really come to us are the problems that our clients can't solve with their huge teams of in house staff because exactly. they are exactly right. so large and need the manpower or they're just really complicated. That's right. It's really satisfying to tackle those sorts of things. Yeah, that's right. Really and-
2: interesting. You sit down for an afternoon, you crack open a law report. Or if you're modern, you look at it on the computer, I suppose. And <laughs> you,
1: you read
2: you, you, you read through and really sit down and, and think about what's actually going on here and what does the law say? what does it mean? where's the scope for ambiguity, what does that ambiguity mean? And also the the forecasting aspect of our role trying to think about what's going to happen in the future. If if a matter like this comes before the courts, how are they likely to interpret this provision of the legislation that hasn't been looked at before? Or if there's a change in government at the federal level, what's the new government likely to do with this particular bit of legislation? It's It's great.
1: If you think back to when you started at the very beginning of your legal career, what advice do you wish that you would have received then? And Would you mind sharing it with us, please?
2: I was very fortunate because I had lots of people here at Allen's giving advice. It's something that I've always valued that you can get advice from lots of different people here at Allen's, partners, senior lawyers, um, non-lawyers. But if there's one thing that no one really spoke to me about much, or if they did, I didn't pay attention to it, which is probably more likely. And therefore something that I would say to people and encourage them to actually listen to is not to close your mind to other areas of practice that you might not be immediately interested in. So when I came to the firm I wanted to do disputes, I wanted to do litigation and I made all these decisions to try and make sure that that's what I did. So I rotated in the commercial litigation group, I then managed to rotate in our insurance group that we had at the time which did essentially just litigation and I thought that was fantastic that I was being really clever and I had managed to do what I wanted to do and it's only over time that I've actually appreciated that... Other practice areas that I had absolutely no interest in do provide lots of really important skills that you can't get in a litigation practice. And so I really recommend that people, even if they're intent on doing disputes or litigation, becoming a barrister or whatever, think about doing some time in a transactional practice doing some time in a non-disputes-focused practice because you become a better lawyer, I think.
3: Um, Mine would probably be, um, given that I took a bit of a weird path to law, um, if you're not yet sure exactly what you want to do, um, do try and pay attention to your interests or what you like doing that isn't under the umbrella of being a lawyer because I think that can really guide how much you enjoy a job. So, I mean, just as a simple one, if you love drafting or if you love writing and you love words, then there's probably going to be some aspect of advice work that you like. But just a bit more broadly, if there are things that you enjoy, for example, if you really love engaging with people and that client side, it might be that you enjoy or bigger teamwork or there might be indicators of things you're enjoying outside the law that make your job more enjoyable. And I obviously followed that with my obsession with, reading cases and drafting and the technical stuff is why I asked to be in tax. And I think that that proved and I followed that just because of what I liked doing more than what people said about tax because people said tax is boring. And (laughs) that's not what I found because it was based on more just what I liked doing. So I think that can help guide people if they're a bit unsure what the practice groups involve or what roles actually mean because you don't really know from the outside.
0: Yeah, Great advice. Do you have any examples of cases you've worked on over the course of your career that you've had those thoughts and watched it play out that you can share with our listeners today?
2: Well, one aspect of my role is often advising on the termination of employees. So a client will come to us and I have in mind one particular matter where A client came to us with the scenario. They discovered what had happened and what a person had done. And they wanted to know, well, looking at this senior executive's contract, looking at the applicable law, can we dismiss him for what he's done? And we had to sit down and consider quite a complicated contract and reach a view on that and advise the client and the client acted on it. And we got to see how that then played out. The way that played out was that the senior executive brought a claim in the district court against the client. So we had to defend that. And ultimately, our interpretation of the contract was subjected to consideration by the Court of Appeal in New South Wales. So we got to see our advice effectively being considered or the outcome of our advice being considered by the New South Wales Court of Appeal which ultimately agreed with the conclusion that we had reached which was quite gratifying but it was this wonderful process of seeing the facts into play with the contract and our view and what the law meant over the course of a couple of years and that was Really interesting as a I was started off as a relatively junior lawyer, I finished it as a more senior lawyer, and seeing that play out was a lot of fun.
1: That's a really exciting story. I was like, oh, my God, what was the ending? What did they decide? Yeah, did well, we give good advice in the
2: first did. instance? We did give good advice and that case has now actually recently been cited as one of the key legal developments in employment contract law over the last year or so by the latest edition of the Modern Contract of Employment textbook. So it was it was really interesting. But the upshot of it is don't get blind drunk at work events, basically.
3: <laughs>
1: Good, good advice. Good advice. I take that with moving forward.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about Yuri? Have you worked on anything that particularly tickled your fancy over the last couple of years? Um,
3: something I've really enjoyed in the past year has been working on, um, well, more than one, but primarily one really large tax dispute. Um, kind of going from what I said earlier, the reason I love, I mean, I'd love disputes anyway, but particularly tax disputes, they're again really technical. Um, the legal arguments are very involved. Um, there's three different cases being put against our client um, that are getting answered almost by different teams. So there's just a lot of complexity and a lot of layers. Um, and in this year, I've actually been able to um, have a bit of ownership on one area of, of the evidence that is quite technical. and. I've loved that because kiss that's lawn what. Because it, lawn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Hence, I love cereal. But also, what I love is the very technical legal podcast <laughs> yeah. that sits behind cereal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, do you carry these sorts of interests? Obviously, you do, Rhi, and your podcast listening, but carry them outside of work. What are the other things that you do that your regular keep you occupied? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nerd hobbies outside the law. That's right. <laughs>
2: I have a few hobbies outside of work a few things that I do outside of work. Um, obviously I really enjoy reading about legal history in particular and that sort of thing but beyond that there are probably two things that stick out in my mind as things I really enjoy doing. One is editing Wikipedia which uh, I love that. Uh, I've spoken so to you about that much, before. In ways
1: I can't even describe. <laughs> and that's
2: and that's because Wikipedia relies on good editors to keep articles current, etc. But it also has this enormous community internationally of people who are heavily, heavily interested and invested in very obscure topics and You can't, in your everyday life, meet people who are willing to sit down and have a really in-depth discussion with you about some esoteric thing that you find particularly interesting, but you can find that on Wikipedia. And so I've always, well, probably for the last 10, 13 years, enjoyed getting on to Wikipedia and going to articles that I find particularly interesting and then going behind the articles to the talk pages and entering into the debates and changing things on the articles and seeing what people say about my changes. Um, I do I do enjoy that quite a lot. And I also really enjoy doing escape rooms. I don't know if any of you have oh, yes. done an escape room. <laughs> I
0: haven't.
2: So, they h- are haven't so you? I've never done one. Okay. Quick
0: tip, do, do not go with a young stepbrother because they're often not big enough to yes. do the physical tasks mm. and it's very frustrating. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it well, varies. So yeah. I've, I've done almost all the escape rooms in Sydney. I've done some in Melbourne and in Adelaide and in Hobart as well. Oh,
3: my
1: God. You
2: are the
3: escape room king.
2: And I do it with a group of people I worked with here at Allen's. Um, Three of them I clerked with. One's currently at the bar, and um, the fourth member of our crew also worked with us as junior lawyers here at Allen's, and she's now in-house. And the other member of the crew is a senior associate or managing associate now here at Allen's still. And we love... Going out doing an escape room, so this is what we usually do. We do an escape room and then go and have a really lovely, expensive lunch or dinner. Um, usually a little bit sweaty from all the stuff we've done in the escape rooms, but I I love them. And if you haven't done any, you you should and come to me, because I'll give you some good tips about the ones in Sydney that are really good.
0: Have you song? ever been to a Harry Potter themed one?
2: I haven't been to a Harry Potter themed one. I heard
0: that there's one in London and I really want to go.
2: That's really interesting. See, I, I missed Harry Potter. I, what? Oh, I know. Sir Kelly you're going to break me and things, Rose's hearts. I, never read, I never read a single you Harry Potter book. I liked you need to. So I've much seen before. all the films. I've seen all the films. So they I feel like That it. is
0: absolutely That's not an accurate order. representation of what Harry Potter is like. I have...
2: But, but right. I feel, I feel though, that I, I I know the basic gist of Harry Potter, and a lot of the stuff in Harry Potter was borrowed from other sources, and I've read those All other sources. All literature is borrowed from yeah. other literature. It's not a criticism. It's it's just a, an explanation that I feel I probably won't get anything out of reading the books.
1: I disagree. Except I, I a
0: wonderful escape. Disagree with you more it's the fantastical ride. It's the magic that will be it's in your magi- heart. You see,
2: I was a Narnia kid, so you know all
0: legal oh, yeah, reasoning is borrowed from other sources, Sir Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's I mean, borrowed from
2: everywhere. That's and 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 it's not a criticism. It's just um, an observation that I feel like I won't gain anything from reading reading Harry Potter. Can
1: I quickly though ask two follow up questions? Yes, of course. One related to Wikipedia and one related to escape Room. Yes. In terms of escape rooms, how successful
2: is the crew? Very successful. Yeah. We started off not being very successful and then we basically, we we learnt the grammar of an escape room and we learnt what to pick up on and how to work as a unit, um, which is why we tend to do much better when all four of us are together and we don't have new people coming in because... New people ruin our mojo, but very successful. <laughs> so
0: he're like, you can't sit with us, Mean girl style. <laughs> more you
2: know. than go here. More, <laughs> more, stand in the corner, you're no use to us, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so my stepbrother, what I said to him when we didn't escape from. <laughs> and my
1: question on Wikipedia was I I don't know anything about the pages that sit behind the pages and you've mentioned that there are debates How lively and or heated do those debates get? Very
2: lively and very heated, particularly on anything that has any connection with politics or issues that have a vaguely political bent, but also to things like the science pages. People will debate about how a scientific concept should be best explained on Wikipedia, what the templates should look like on Wikipedia articles. So, for instance, um, most articles will have a little greyed-out template that sits on the side with a brief summary of some key facts and there's a lot of debate about what key facts should be included because if you include something as a key fact, you're privileging that fact over other information about the person or the event.
1: Yeah.
2: It's fascinating. I really want to go and have a look at the Alan's Wikipedia page.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can do that after this. (laughs) <laughs> and how about you, Re? I we I get actually Ireland's know confidential one. We could. We can't make it. That's a bit self. Wikipedia
2: won't let you make it. Oh, Good. about yourself. That's fine. Other people can make it. Our fans. I'm going to make it.
0: <laughs> My mum. Yeah. I mean, you're you're active on Wikipedia, right, Sir Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows people.
3: <laughs>
2: I know him, but leave it with me.
1: Leave it
0: with me. <laughs> um, Ree, you have a super
1: interesting, fun outside work nerd hobby, and I would love for you to talk about it.
0: Which I should note, particularly, I think enables you to have a critical view of Sir refusal to read Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. It does. (laughs) (laughs) I am writing a historical fantasy
3: trilogy. (laughs) Wow. Nerd. (laughs) But um, that is why um, I probably am more passionate about the Harry Potter series, although I love them. It's more from having actually attempted to do something like it, and it is so difficult. And this is someone who has done a law degree. It's harder. It's There's no structure. There's nothing you follow. There's no one telling you how to do things. It's your imagination and bringing together like a gazillion different thoughts. History It's history-based and she pulls heaps from history and myth and all these different ideas of things. The names of everything come yeah. from all these weird places and that is so difficult to pull and then actually construct in your head a narrative over that many stories. Mine's three and it's enough. Hers is seven. So I, I appreciate it more from the craft perspective. More, I can see why people don't like wizards. If you're not into wizards and fantasy, it's going to go over people's heads. But the craft... Get I think process. she did a brilliant job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like so that I love J.K. Rowling, and this is not what you asked me, but just uh, this Please. is: if I could have a guest at dinner, it would be her, because I would just want to pick her brain as yep. to how
0: she Absolutely. did this. Or other other key guests for me: Roald Dahl. Wouldn't yeah. that be amazing?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved Roald Dahl.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bit, just the imagination, and I think also the wordplay, which is one of the things I like most about Lauren, that makes me a law nerd. I think because one of the greatest things about reading judgments is the funny or unusual ways that judges express themselves. Justice Perim of the Federal Court is one of my favorites for that. Um, there's a particularly great judgment he published earlier this year, uh, Aldi Foods and Moroccan Oil, in which I think he described the borderline tra- trademark infringement of Aldi Foods' version of the Moroccan argan oil hair products, as um, as intruding into a picture of entrepreneurial triumph. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Maybe you'll be on the bench one day, Rose. I mean, that seems like a lot of work to get there. It is, but imagine the
1: sassy judgments that you could put out. I would love to read your judgments.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. That is one of the nicest compliments I think I've ever been paid. Oh, and now you can listen to it again and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will be my favourite episode. Thanks very much for your time today and sharing your stories with us and hopefully with the listeners we um, really hope that we have.
2: <laughs> or yeah. at least the listener. I'm sure there's one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, yeah, my grandma. <laughs> she has a lot of feedback. Yeah. family. know <laughs> my, my whole family, really. Family. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, my family's actually gotten a bit sick of it and I don't think they listen anymore.
1: <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.